So we're starting from the top, I guess? Mm-hmm. Coming to you live from Beach Studios, the the attic, I guess. I don't know where we are. This is the Brothers Catch-Up, a weekly podcast where two brothers come together to catch up. I'm Sal Biazzi. With me, as always, is my brother. I'm Frankie. So, uh, having audio issues trying to get this one together. Is it still going? Yes. All right. That's good news. But I feel like if I look away for a second, it's going to just stop. I hope not. Um, how are you? I have hemorrhoids. <laughs> Feels like I have to shit all the time. <laughs> and I can't because it's not poop. Oh, that's sad. There's a hemorrhoid in my butt. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Speaking of hemorrhoids, I think it's gone. Ron DeSantis. What a hemorrhoid that guy is. <laughs> no, I. I've been, you know, we talk about Trump and politics and stuff, but, like, the recent polls have dropped in the primary and Trump's ahead by, like, 40 points. And it's funny, like, this is post the indictment and after Ron DeSantis is announced. And, you know, one of the things I said and what we talked about on this podcast is, like, you got if you got to be careful announcing this run for presidency because it could be the end of your political career. And it just didn't really make sense. To try and threaten the guy who made your political career and, like, try and beat him for the presidency because if you lose to him, you're not going to have a political Why career. Why not so, like, just wait? <laughs> like, why wouldn't you wait until 2024? You can't be down 61% to 19% in another couple months or you're done. You're done. The heat is already up on him. Yeah, this could be it for him. So, and, like, Trump... There's so many things that are going on that, like, are pissing me off. But, like, the, the fighting between DeSantis' fans and Trump fans on, like, social media, it's so common. Like, it's not even an argument. Like, DeSantis' camp, really, you can't even fight the Trump people. You can't be too mean to Trump people because you look like an asshole. But they could be as mean as they want to because you're a huge fucking asshole. What are you doing? And especially as the machine fights harder against Trump, which, by the way, isn't it crazy we're finally at the point? Because, like, remember, we've had this podcast for almost three years. And the whole thing has been, like, we're the end of time, the end of the United States as a blah, blah, blah. This and now, it. like, the Biden Justice Department is going to literally throw Trump in jail for shit that they've done that we've been pissed about for a decade. I it's love like, it. We're finally at this point that we said, they're never going to get to this point. Here we are. We made it. I Literally. love it. But here you have DeSantis, like, trying to fight Trump in a primary, making the argument that he's going to win the general election. He's it's the like, better candidate. Dude, get a clue. <laughs> this is so much bigger yeah. than, like... The Republicans don't even want you to be their candidate. Why would Democrats want you to be their candidate? That's what I'm saying. I saw, like, a screenshot today, or, like, a tech... Yes, it was, like, a screenshot. Like, this is my dad. Is Trump losing country club conservatives? And it was, like... Uh, Trump, this sucks, all this stuff. And it's, like, these were guys who loved Trump before. And it's, like... Well, it's not reflecting in the numbers. Yeah. So, just because, like, your dad feels a certain <laughs> way, like, that's... I think that there's also a lot of people on the other side going the other way. Like, there's a lot of Democrats who are watching what's going on with the... Like, I just think that we're just continuing to see the switch of the parties. Like, if you're someone who understands that Hillary Clinton and the Justice Department had a sweetheart deal in 2016... 
you realize now that the same Justice Department is going after the guy for the same shit they didn't go after Hillary for. So it's kind of one of the things that you moved. The- Did it work? It started and stopped? Yeah. Hey, see, it's definitely the mic wire, I think. Okay, well, now we know. Uh, we have to be very gentle with our mic wires. But that's one of the things that's really upsetting me about this whole thing is the notion that Democrats' whole defense of it is Trump is this, Trump took it further, and there's this whataboutism about all these other. Like the Hillary thing or Biden's documents or Pence's documents, but Trump obstructed did all these la la la. You're turning a non-issue into an issue after it's been forgiven for everyone else in politics. So like it doesn't matter if he's done the worst What is he even being indicted for? What did he do? He kept this classified documents in the why would I? Why would I? <laughs> why would I give a shit? Why would I <laughs> care about that when I was told Hillary's emails were a joke? Exactly. But they're trying to make but the argument that like this is way worse. Why? I would argue had nuclear secrets in Mar-a-Lago. I would argue this is nothing. It's definitely nothing for us. But they don't understand how. But why would it be worse? Well, they think Trump... Hillary Clinton had her own fucking server. They think Trump sold nuclear secrets to Saudi Arabia. I fucking wish he did. <laughs> Let's end it. Let's end all this. He probably did. It's probably, like it's, some, it's probably part of the Live Golf deal. I hope he has receipts. It's like part of the Live Golf deal. Like, uh, we're going to play a tournament at Trump Bedminster. Here's the plans for us need, invading Iran. But we need nuclear cozies. Like, Whatever you want. We're having a tournament at Bedminster? I got him. Let's go. <laughs> I got those documents. That's my president. I Hold said, I'm right. stupid. Like, I wanted Trump to release all the documents to me. Yeah, that'd have been. Yeah, fucking asshole. He's an asshole. He had all these documents. Why did you put them online? Yeah, like, just, you should have been saying. Put them on 4 chains and Discord. Been, dude, he should have been just tweeting pictures. Like, <laughs> just like, look at this one. <laughs> check this shit out, guy. In all caps. Crooked Hillary emailed this <laughs> and just tweets it out to everybody. I was like, wait, what? So, like, they're literally saying shit like, oh, it's whataboutism for Hillary Clinton. It's not a what It's whataboutism in the most broad, like, whataboutism is the, I fucking can't stand that word. Yes. Yes, it's everything, whataboutism. Everything is whataboutism. Because with the rules only apply to one side. It only so I'm going to say whataboutism. It only applies to Trump. I'm not allowed to ask the questions. You're allowed to just prosecute whoever you want. And then I, I'm the asshole for asking, why didn't you do it for that person? So all what about is, is like, oh, oh, I can't even, I can't even. It's like of the most corrupt politicians in the world, in the history of the world, running the country for decades and decades and decades, and getting away with all of these terrible things. And then one guy who runs opposed to that system is painted as the ultimate villain for all the fans of that system. And they get to turn that guy, who, again, had never had a criminal charge filed against him in his entire life until he runs for president. And then it's the Russia collusion. It's the Mueller. It's impeachment one. It's January 6th. It's impeachment two. with the wire. Sorry. To the point where they're now trying to get him on... And the whole thing is ridiculous because Trump literally is entitled to all of the classified documents. He was the president. 
There's no one above the president. It goes president, everyone yeah. else in government. Hillary Clinton was Secretary <laughs> of State when she's like, Joe Biden. Hey, let's put a server in my basement and I'm going to be sending emails at home with all this classified information. Democrats are so fucking stupid. Joe Biden's DOJ raids Mar-a-Lago and then for the next two weeks spends that time cleaning up the classified documents of all the other politicians around Washington, D.C. so that they can't fucking get themselves caught with their pants down. So, because uh, what about is The documents in Biden's garage, his office in Chinatown, and fucking Pence's office in the middle of fucking nowhere have classified documents everywhere. None of those people are entitled to the documents they've had. Biden's documents had been in his possession since he was a senator. It's like 12 years. It's like documents everywhere. It could be one document. That's not the point. The the standard being set for Trump is wildly different. Of course. It's obviously political. And it's so, it's so transparent. And it makes it crazy that like only 35% of the country, the loyal Trump supporters, are the ones here willing to make the stand. And it really gets down to the point where, like, it's not like, it's so much, it was never about Trump, and we've always said it, it's not really about Trump, but it's gotten to the point now where it's literally not about Trump. It could be Trump's corpse. It could be, it could be a bag of fucking bones. No, it's just about the system that, <laughs> now just, yeah. that exists. I will now vote for whatever, you could chop Trump's head off, I'd vote for a severed head. Like, I don't give a shit. Yep. <laughs> with that. There's your uh, update on where we stand politically. Oh, in, that, in the wild. And then, did you know the stuff with Jack Smith, like, his whole thing? Because, like, it'd be one thing if they got, like, a fair prosecution involved. But, like, Jack Smith, the prosecutor who brought these charges, his wife is a large donor to Biden's presidential campaign. And his wife made a, a two-hour documentary film all about Michelle Obama. And his wife's mom... Literally is a senior fellow at the Open Society Foundation, why do which all is these George Soros' foundation. So why like, do all these people just jerk off in circles with each other? That's what I'm saying. Like, you could have gotten any... I'm sure there's another prosecutor somewhere in the DOJ... It would have. ...that doesn't have ties to The Hague and doesn't have ties to George Soros directly. But no, they specifically get that one because that's the controlled prosecutor who's going to bring these dumb charges that no one else would bring. Remember, Comey comes out and has a press conference before the election. No reasonable prosecutor would charge Hillary Clinton. Not that she didn't do anything wrong. She was totally negligent. But it's just not. I mean, come on. It's political right now. It's too much. This is Trump is entitled to those documents. No reasonable prosecutor. <laughs> Trump. No reasonable prosecutor would let this go. Before, That's why we're using this prosecutor. Before Donald Trump, the standard for presidents declassifying information was literally all they had to do was tell someone they wanted it declassified. That's all you had to do. Trump. There's a literal letter from the First day all, Trump is leaving office where he declassifies all these. This documents. was the argument that I'm surprised the Hillary people never made, which is. No information should be classified. There yeah. should be no such Classi- thing as classified information. information. is bullshit. We should all have access to all the information. Fuck your government secrets. Yeah. Fuck, fuck national security. National security? The, mo- the amount of money we pay in military, CIA, FBI, and national security? <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to keep FBI, you're going to keep the CIA, all these things, well then I don't care about national security and I want... I want to know everything, and I want people in Pakistan to be able to know everything, and I want people in China to be able to know everything, and I want people in Turkey to know everything. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. But that's not what she was doing. She was literally selling secrets off her server to, like, Chinese people through the, the Clinton Foundation. So. But, look, we're at the alien disclosure part. 
Ugh, so it's, it's all, all made up. So it's okay. It's all made up. Did you see the videos out of Las Vegas? Yeah. Doesn't it look like the fakest shit? You ever see District 9? Yep. My head just keeps going to District 9. <laughs> like, it's like, the aliens are here to create slums for us. There's just way <laughs> too much going. Like, just do the alien stuff. Maybe it'll get them to stop looking at all this other stuff. How many years? Just like the Trump thing. How many years have we talked about, oh, disclosure's coming. This is what we've been talking about. What they're going to tell you is not the truth. Just understand that. I know your instinct, whenever you hear conspiracy theorists like me tell you they're lying to you, is to reflexively coddle against the bosom of the state and tell them to tell you sweet little lies. But trust me, they're not going to tell you the truth about what they know about aliens. They will tell you the truth they want you to believe about aliens. They want you to know. That's all it is. They're scary aliens. We have UFOs here. They're ten foot tall, apparently. It's cool. I'll fight them. I saw people online say they want the aliens to give them uppies. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's really really funny. The internet is undefeated, man. The internet's so funny. I know. People are funny. tall, uppies. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I haven't got uppies since I was, I was a young lad. <laughs> oh, God. That's the update. That's the catch-up. All right. Bye. This is the hardest podcast we've ever had to do. It was a struggle.
It's been a while since we did a true after the squirt sports. This Yankee team fucking stinks. Stinks, Sal. They stink. They stink. I, I feel like a fool. The, I don't know if you can tell by the theme song, but it's a very sad. <laughs> I feel like a fool because I've gone back and forth on this team so many times. How many times do I have to tell you? <laughs> and here's the problem. The people online who are like, I believe we can compete once Judge comes back. And it's like, yes, that's the problem. That's a big, that's a big the issue. The problem is that we have the best player of a generation outside of a freak of nature from Japan. Outside of that guy, our guy, we've never seen anything like him. And when he's on the field, we're forced to be reckoned with. He's the next coming. He's reincarnated Barry Bonds. be that bad when he's not When he's field. not in the lineup, no one hits the how ball. How could that happen? DJ LeMayhew, I want to kill him. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how fast... When we, when we trade it or sign, whatever, however DJ we first came DJ, to the Yankees. But not right now. No, no. Whenever, whenever DJ first came to the Yankees, we were like, ugh. Yeah. And then he turned out to be awesome. But this is the ugh we were all like, ugh, this guy. Because this is what he is. He was never really going to be the... But I mean, great. The, the batting title guy. But thanks for the years where he was good. But also, like, it just seems like right now, you just have so much he not just, good everywhere. DJ like seems the mediocre old. is just coming out of everywhere. Like, DJ seems, like, washed. Like, he, like, I watch him, and I'm like, oh, he just looks, like, kind of, like, tired. He's an older guy, though. Like, everything he does looks, like, labored. Dude. Rizzo. John Boy was cracking, John Boy and Jake were cracking me up with the, uh. Their episode was the Donaldson. When they looked at his, when he hit that home run, it made him more concerned. <laughs> like, you gotta do something else. Yeah, like why are you only hitting <laughs> what home runs? Is, what are you what doing? Is this? <laughs> He's got twenty hits this year. <laughs> They're, They're all home runs. runs. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, no, it's weird. It's weird. The whole roster like, is bad. And then like the whole eight infielders, three DHs is, is that's a hunt. You don't you you have outfielders and none of them are outfielders. That's crazy. Bowers, IKF, and Willie Calhoun at one point were trolling your outfield. None of them are outfielders. Your depth of your outfield is Oswaldo Cabrera, not an outfielder. How did it happen? What are you doing? <laughs> I don't even know how it happened. What are you? Like I what? feel like Cashman's gonna wake up from like a like wake up and he's gonna have coke all over his nose and like his hair. He's been on a bender. He's been on a bender for. What is the roster? <laughs> oh no. Like, Stan, sure. You don't want Stanton playing the field. Well, then he's going to DH every day. He doesn't. He's not allowed to get four off days a week. No, he's got. You get what? You get no off days. You're DHing. But I think he's hurt. Then get him off the <laughs> team. I can't. I can't. It makes no sense. Like Bader's good when he plays. You trade it for him when he was hurt. Then you got him and he got hurt. And then games, he came back and he got hurt how again. How many games has Bader played since he's, being a Yankee versus how many he could have played? Like, is it like he probably could have played it's like now? He's played thirty out of two hundred. Like, no, I would say close. I would say right now he's probably at like you got to figure by the end of the year. Let's call it eighty, and then this year the it's sixty. So let's say okay. So let's call it like maybe one fifty. Let's say it's one forty. Okay. He's probably only played 40 games as a Yankee. Oh, my God. 
In those 40 games, he's been awesome. Like, he's been great. Yeah, I like him a lot. Like, I thought that trade was dumb. And it was, because really he's dumb. not playing <laughs> the sport that you traded for him to play. Like, even Montgomery getting shellacked in St. Louis, at least he's, like, alive. I just hate, like, every, like every position needs an upgrade. Your catching situation isn't good. It's awful. You would have been better off with Gary. Like, I Gary don't, would have been better off. I don't, care. Better off. I don't care how good their defense is. Watching them swing the bat makes <laughs> me so bad. want to die. Gary can look awful at the plate. Dude, Gary but looks... Gary is still scary to people. Gary's been great in San Diego. <laughs> uh, third base. Okay, Josh Donaldson defensively. I, he, I'm also like... He still Higashioka, looks great defensively. Higashioka and Trevino make me feel bad for everything I've ever said about Austin Romine. Because like they make Austin no. Romine look like Cal Ripken. No, I kind of think... He, Hmm. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Austin Romine was such a good backup catcher. It was okay. Better like 250. You know what it makes me miss? <laughs> it's Francisco Cervelli. Oh, yeah. Well, That's was, the guy. Legitimately would be an all-star these days. Um, Probably still in the league somewhere. I Third base needs an upgrade. I understand you're, big, you're not concerned with Volpe. That's fine. He's terrible. Well, I mean, just because I'm not concerned with Volpe doesn't mean we couldn't have a... Uh, you know what I wanted like to do. Our team shortstop. sucks. The fact that our shortstop isn't giving us anything kind of sucks. But listen, shortstop is a position. Offensively, they could be a really light hitter, and the rest of your team can be good. And if Volpe's giving you solid sure. defense, which even with the errors he's had, most of the time his defense is good. Yes. So, like, and I think he'd be a better defender at second because I think that his arm probably plays better at second. So, like, Glaber can hit, but, like, I, I swear to God, he doesn't have a brain. I don't, I don't, I don't get him. Rizzo, I mean, I, I don't know what, you should have never went. Rizzo was never the answer. I, He's good. Whatever. Pretty free. You don't have an outfield. That's good. In any way. Listen, anyway. all I'm saying is, the Yankees with Bryce Harper, Carlos Correa, and Freddie Freeman. It's a better and team. Judge. It's a better team. Better team. <laughs> And I know you don't want to pain everyone, but I don't know, man. You know who I miss? And it makes, again, like, a player who I shit on. Brett Gardner, man. I just, like, shit on him forever. Turns out I was wrong. He was a real baseball player, unlike these idiots that we have. So, it's just, it's a mess. And what do you do with Peraza? You call him up eventually. And your starting pitching sucks. Is he hurt? I thought Peraza was hurt. I don't know. He might be. Sevy sucks. Cole's not great. I love Domingo. Sevy, I still think this year would have been smart to put him in the back end of the bullpen and just told him to, like, throw hard for an inning. He'd have been a sick setup guy. For real. He'd be a sick closer. We have no closer still. Clay Holmes has been fine, but like we haven't really needed him. So like, here's the thing with Clay Holmes is like when he's fine, he's, he's not good. He's, no, no, no he's, he's, he's awesome. Yeah. Like he's the best. Like, I don't even think about it. Like, well, no one's hitting him. It's just but, a matter of if he can throw strikes. But when he's, he's not throwing strikes, but he's so good this time of year. But when the pressure starts to increase, it's not reliable. When he, <laughs> that's the thing. Is like, are you ever really gonna feel confident? He's good at closing games against. Bullshit teams is the bullshit part of the year. He's in pressure situations. The, the problem is, like, outside of Aaron Judge coming back, you're not. This is the team you built. 
This is what you wanted. It's not good. Well, I mean, you wanted Hicks. Also, <laughs> Hicks is fucking awesome. Do you see what he's doing for Baltimore, like, night in and night out? It would never happen here. Just raking. It would have never happened. No, I know. But I'm just saying. It's just like... Just like Gallo. But what does that, t- what does that say? Doesn't that have to mean something about well, it our says organization? About it says a lot about the fans in New York. I don't think it's the fans. I really we don't. scare the shit out of these players. No, because I think if that's the case, they would you would have never been able to make it to such a high level being that big of like a bitch. <laughs> I think it's more, we do something organizationally wrong. We coddle them. We, we, we don't handle their injuries right. It's a lot of pressure. I don't know. So I hate the Yankees. They're terrible. Now you got the Mets and Yankees playing each other. They're both nine and a half games out of their division. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like, yeah, look at these two idiot teams these in assholes. New York. Which is an embarrassment. Like pretending this series Between matters. the two of them, $500 million in payroll going to who, man? Lindor and Listen, Judge. That's the other thing, too. I was I saw someone complain about the Yankees and like Brian Cashman and stuff. And it was like 10 bullet points. And one of them was cheap. And I was like, they're not cheap. I don't like when people call the Yankees They're wasteful. They are the worst spenders (laughs) ever. They don't buy anything of value. It's crazy. They inflate the value of value. They give IKF... How much did they give IKF? A billion dollars. They gave him six trillion... They gave him our whole deficit. (laughs) The U.S. government deficit went to IKF. It's crazy. And he's, he's Aaron like, Hicks. We're well, he was a starting Hicks. center fielder. We're just about paying Aaron Hicks to play for the Orioles because that contract made no sense. The Donaldson contract is the big one. That's it's probably the biggest million dollars. One. It's thirty million dollars. <laughs> it's the biggest number. Guy six hits. Thirty million. You could have gotten Correa for cheaper and had a better situation. Six hits for. And even Correa is not even doing that well. But like Correa is a real shortstop. Not no slight to Fulpe, who's also. But you know, a child. You know what, what my problem is with, with the Volpe defense? <laughs> Everyone talked about the arm. Like, does he have the arm to play shortstop? And he does. The arm on plays to first. No issue. Turning double plays, hole, it's, it's been fine. In the hole, he's got a little, it's a little bit of a trouble. But you know there. where I think his arm... I've, I've, seen, him, I see I've seen him double hop a bunch, too. You know where I really see the arm, like, concern me? If there's a runner on first, and there's a double in the gap, and Volpe's the cut, there is never a play at home. Yeah, he's not going to make he, it. That throw home to, for him is never there. It's happened like maybe four or five times this year, and I'm like, ugh, those aren't even close. But that's why Peraza had short, Volpe is second, trade Glaber. I don't know if we should trade Glaber, though. Like, Glaber can hit. Yeah, Glaber's, but, the only team on this, the, Glaber's the only guy on this team who, like, hits. That's why he's the only person you can trade. Goodbye, Glaber. <laughs> I know. But who do you get? I think you should sell. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm saying. Like, I don't think you should be in a position. You just like, like retool around Judge. You try and get rid chasing of the wild card this year. Maybe you can get rid of Sevy. So dumb. Like Clark Schmidt. If Clark Schmidt continues to pitch this well going into the deadline, see if anyone wants get to get rid of him. Domingo, get rid of him. Forget the pitching. We all we ever try to do is worry about pitching. Let's make a really good offensive baseball team. Around Judge, it'll be the Braves. So we got a lot of hitting and put Judge in the middle of it. Whatever. At least the Dolphins are good. We don't know that. That's the other thing. Watching the Heat and the Panthers just get fucking ass raped, I'm just like, the Dolphins are probably going to suck. Well, the Nuggets are a really good team. Do you see Jok- how Jokovic, Jokic, Jokic he doesn't, doesn't care. like basketball? Well, 
not for nothing. It makes sense. I'm from Serbia. I want to go live in Serbia. I have to be here because I get paid a lot of money. I, my money has nothing to do with the NBA Finals. I don't ever want to win a championship. <laughs> I want my season to have ended two months ago so I can be back in Serbia. I just had to play a whole extra season that no one else had to play. And now, okay, great, we win. I can go home. No, you have to stay for the parade. It's the end of the week. Come on. My flight is booked. I want to go home. He's got, like, a ranch and shit. He's got horses. <laughs> it's, like, all he cares about. That's he just of, happens to be really good at basketball. I saw a video of one of his former teammates. He's like, yeah, at halftime he plays, like, video games on his phone. <laughs> he's, like, he's bored. Do you have been that good at anything where it's, like, no, no, you're, like, the best player in the NBA, but you don't give a shit oh about it. Oh, my God. It's such a waste of my time. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's better for the Dolphins because, like, we have to rectify... The Miamis. Miamis. They were good. They were good. But they weren't that good. Like, it'll be the Marlins and the Dolphins in the World Series in the Super Bowl. Dude, the Marlins? Marlins are good, man. It's new era of Miami fo- Miami sports. The Hurricanes are coming back. Is Luis Arias still hitting in the 400? I don't know. Dude's sick, though. He was bat- Last I saw, he was batting 398. Last I saw, it was 404. Really? When did you see that? I think I saw it like two days ago. It was 398. See what he's down to. Let's see, three ninety one. Scrub, you suck. It's so hard, dude. You have to go like two for four every night. And as soon as like it starts, you to need dip, multiple. As soon as you get like three ninety, it's, it's like, like it's gonna be three seventy five before you. Yeah, and then like and you'll to, never sniff it again. To get you'll back, never get it back to To get back to four hundred, you gotta go on like a thirteen or fifteen. For a month, like <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Ideally, he's got to try to keep it. He, he can never let it go below, like, 385 yeah. until, like, August. And then he's got to get, like, really hot. As soon as it gets that low, you got to... You could hover around 380 until, like, September and then just, like, go fucking crazy for a month. Yeah, but... But, like, to keep it at 380, you've already gone crazy for the whole season. Oh, the whole year. <laughs> you've been crazy. I mean, his batting average over the last, like... Like, this batting average over his last, like, 300 games is crazy. He has no power, though? Like, how many home runs does he have? His career batting average is 325. That's really good for this. Uh, uh, home runs? Yeah. One. Yeah. So. It's so weird. But who baseball. cares? His OPS is 916. Yeah, because he's always, he's always good. His on base is 440. You got to find a player that takes that kind of contact and gives you, like, 20 home runs. Even if it's not 20 home runs, but, like... 100 RBIs. Maybe like some doubles. He's got a lot of RBIs. But you're going to have to if you have that many hits. Where do they bat him in the lineup? I think he's their leadoff hitter, I thought. Because I love the idea of like having a guy like that, but him not being your leadoff hitter. Like, why not let this... Wow, he's got 91 hits already. <laughs> he's going to have a 300 hit season. Dude, that's <laughs> crazy. 91 hits? It's not even middle of June. <laughs> That's like a whole season for some guys. Some guys, yeah. Josh Donaldson will be lucky if, if he, he sniffs, sniffs 91. 90. Yeah, he's not going to get the 90. Well, wow, that's crazy. Good for him. All right. All right.
Look at her face. No, you're good, I think. Let me see. I can't really see it. Eyes all fucked up. Oh, it's not that bad. She's not as cute. <laughs> Better hope it's not permanent. She fell again in the bathtub last night and got a fat lip too, so now she's got a bloody eye and lip. Looks like yeah, a it's skin. good. Teach lessons. <laughs> Be more careful. Well, when she fell, her mom, Rachel was there. And she was like, oh my god, are you okay? And then I was like, I was like sitting right next to her, so I didn't even move. And she got up, she was crying. And I was like, you're fine. She got in the bathtub. I was on the phone with you when it happened. Oh, yeah, okay. And I said, well, after I was like, do you think she's okay? I was like, that's what she gets for being a fool. Because she was like playing on the wet yeah. side of the What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing playing there? Are you crazy? <laughs> you slip- know slippery that stuff is? <laughs> a wet plastic thing of a bath on Twitter the other day who was like, you're so dumb, I'm going to listen to your podcast. Thank you, sir. <laughs> so I was like, Thanks for listening. Is that all it takes? <laughs> He's like, you say such dumb shit on Twitter, I'm going to listen to your podcast to hear more dumb shit you have to say. Sounds like you like me. <laughs> Hope he's listening right now. What's up, anyway. buddy? Doofus. <laughs> Alright, talk to me about Starfield. Uh, so you watched the video, or some of it at least? I saw the thing. That's cool, right? I'm like... <laughs> Looks good, huh? I commented on the video. Now, I don't comment on YouTube videos anymore. Yeah. Let, let alone like... I cut it on a Kyle Kalinske like video. a company's YouTube. Yeah, Bethesda's, YouTube. yeah. Well, what does Bethesda's YouTube need my <laughs> comment for? But I commented, I said, I have never played an RPG, which is a fact. I have never played it. Unless you count, like, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know if there's a game that I've played that would I don't even know what an RPG is, really. So I've never played one, and I said, I've never played one of these. I will probably play this game. This game... Did you see they, they announced the... So, this whole thing... I also feel silly for that I called you about my complaint. What I was like... Not even a complaint. I was just like, I just think it's going to be too big. And then the rest of the video after I called you was just like... <laughs> Look how much stuff there is. There's so much to do. <laughs> oh, okay. um, oh, man. I have so many thoughts and I'm so interested in this in this game for so many reasons. And not just because, like, I am a huge Bethesda fanboy, which is, like, obviously the number one reason why I would be interested like most, in Starfield. Mostly video game people are. But... Well, no, like, but it's kind of a really. I feel like Fallout game. and Skyrim are they're huge. considered like the two, but they're also the most some of the most hated video games. Also, you yeah. gotta understand this weird people hate Fallout. This weird relationship Bethesda has right now with the video, the greater video gaming community. It's kind of a, it's it's really fascinating. But before we get into that, I want to first set the scene here. So that was Todd Howard in the video who starts talking. He's like the, He's head, the head of, of Bethesda. Bethesda. Yeah. Um, the guy in that video who has the piercing through his like the bridge of his nose. Yeah, he's so gigantic. This is the largest human he's I've a ever video seen. Video game developer sits on his computer all day, and draws on his. Yeah, I love the. I love the. the. Uh, so that's Todd Howard. He's like one of my favorite people of in the video game space, but he's also like a, a huge meme. Among video game, the video game community, because he's been around at Bethesda doing this job for so long, like being just the driving creative force behind Bethesda's. So we have all these. Um, he's been a, for around so long. He's had so many like moments where he's had these quotes or uh, statements about games that have gone on to just be like 
made fun of or mocked or whatever. So, like, there's a whole, like, split in the video game world where half of the world thinks Todd Howard's a big blowhard and the other half is like, he's a creative genius, but... I only know him from that video. I came off likable. He's likable. He's such a nice scene. I like him. He's like a nice, smart guy, right? All right. But here's where I stand. He seemed old for to be in he's the like video in game his, world. He's in his 50s now, but he's been doing this, like, he started designing video games on Ataris, you know what I mean? Like, in any field, whether it's... The, you think he, like, shits himself on a daily basis of, like, being, like, in the video game industry and, like, where it's to where it is now? Like, how crazy it's things like, are. do you see what we're doing? The way I kind of look at Todd Howard is, like, when you think about any profession or art or whatever... You have your greats, and you have your the good the guys who are just consistently good. Todd Howard is on the verge of doing becoming like one of the greatest video game developers of all time. If Starfield, if this Starfield game is good, is a game that he's wanted to make since before he worked at Bethesda. It's a game that's been in development for twenty five years. It was supposed to come out in twenty twenty. It was delayed to twenty twenty one. It was delayed till twenty twenty three. Now it's coming out in September. This game has been... Are we worried about that? Are we worried about the delay? Well, a lot of people are worried about the delays. That's why, like, Starfield isn't a game right now where it's like, it's just going to be wonderful. Like, there's a lot of belief out there that Starfield is going is going to be the game that's going to sink Xbox. Like, if Starfield fails... Xbox Bethesda, is done. It fails, yeah. It could be one of the biggest... Bethesda just had egg on their face. Their last game that just came out, it wasn't really their game. It was an Arcane Studios game, but they worked on it with Arcane. This game called Redfall was terrible. That's why I saw a comment on that. They had Starfield 76 come out a few years ago after Fallout 4. I mean, Fallout 76 came out a few years after Fallout 4. It's like an MMO version of Fallout. And it's practically dead now. A lot of people have a lot of hate for that game. So, like, the history of Bethesda is rocky. But when you're just talking about games that Todd Howard has been involved in, and you compare it to, like, just say your favorite band. Let's say, I'll use Modest Modest Mouse had... A few really great albums that people liked. It got them to the point where they had the time and ability to put out an album like The Moon in Antarctica. And after that, the studio says, here's all the resources. And they were able to put out good news for people who have bad news, which ended up being like their biggest commercial success. It's not very often you have a video game that is given the resources and the time to be, like, to incubate the way that well, this game has been given. That I look at delays and stuff as a good thing. It wasn't ready. We didn't, we wanted it to be ready. In our heads, we thought it would be ready. Well, guess what? It's not. Well, think, think about but it. But we need, we want this thing to be perfect when it comes out. Think about a 25-year development cycle. This game was being made while they were making Skyrim. Skyrim comes out. It becomes one of the greatest games ever. It was being made while they were making Fallout 4. Fallout 4 comes out. It also has to be hard to, like, work on a video game for that long. Because, As technology like, changes it, and you're you able have to, to go do back. more. And you have it's to like, redo Now we have to go back done. and redo yeah. all that stuff. So, it's like, if we want this thing to be, like, cutting edge, it's like, well, it's no longer... The things we worked on 20 years ago are now old. And so, if you look at Todd Howard as the artist... He puts out Skyrim with Bethesda, and it goes on to be one of the most well-received video games of all time. I personally think it's one of my favorite video games. We've talked about it a number of times. The Fallout 4 game, hit and miss. Some people don't like Fallout 4, but generally speaking, very well-received game. This what about game, the other Fallouts? 
Fallout 3 is a very popular Bethesda game that came out on the Xbox 360. Um, that was Todd and Howard. Two. And then the two other Elder Scrolls games that Todd Howard was involved in were Morrowind and Oblivion, and both are considered some of the greatest games of all time. So he's got like five games. Four of them are some of the greatest games of all time. One of them is all just a very, very good game. And this game that's coming out is... It has the potential to possibly be his magnum opus, like his life's work. Like, is Todd Howard, will he be remembered as, like, the Picasso of video games? Is he the... Someone has to be. Is he the Stanley Kubrick or the, or the you know, name the Tarantino, like the director... I mean, someone, someone has to be, right? That's why kind not of, him? That's kind of what we're talking about when we talk about Surfer. That's why I'm so fascinated in this game, because it's more than a video game. This could be... A cultural thing like it could be a video eh. every once in a while a video game transcends just the video game space and people who don't play video games try a game out because it is well maybe so, maybe you're it right, offers because, so much to so many people so i in that video which the video is really cool it's it does it's not like a giant like hype piece for the game it's just kind of very like just like a documentary on what you're like, hey, this at. is what we're trying to make this is where we're at look how cool it, it and could you could be. try it in september and i was like all right it's cool you go to space you do these things eh. the first person shooting aspect of it was like hey that looks better than almost any first person shooter that's been out in a long time the 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 ship building the shipbuilding customization Doesn't is like, you excited? I'll just do that for <laughs> hours. Like, I don't need to do I'm anything buy, else. I'm, my spaceship is going to be so sick. Like that. And you go inside, the girl, inside of your spaceship. The girl who works there is like, yeah, I just try to make all my spaceships look like animals. I made a platypus. <laughs> You're like, what are you talking about? What is this game? So it does look really cool. And I'm, and I'm a person who, like, I mean, I don't ever play video games. Uh, the only game I've truly, like, have played besides like a first person shooter is like Grand Theft Auto and then like Pokemon. Yeah. It's like I'm not it's not like I just will like oh I love video games like I play no I don't and that game like that video is like yo I play this game. Yeah. So like every once in a while you'll have like the Super Smash the Super Marios or the Pac-Mans or the you bring it to the future I feel like it's harder to do for a game like Starfield but it could Xbox is coming out with the yeah. What is the that? middle ground Xbox? So there's the it's Xbox right now. Series, it's series X. X and the Series S. It's a Series S, but it's got one terabyte of storage. So yeah. like a lot of the complaints about the Series S is like it's cool that I have cloud gaming, but like all my save day I can only have like two games at a time. Starfield is 125 gigs. That's crazy. That's like the Series S is 250 gigs of storage. So like it doesn't it doesn't hold up. So. They're coming out with a 350 price point version of the Xbox that'll have a terabyte of storage, but only cloud gaming, so you can load your games. Which is cool, and Starfield is a first-day Game Pass exclusive game, which means you don't have to buy the game, you can just play it on the Game Pass service, which is essentially Xbox's Netflix for video games. So if you you didn't want to try it, you just play it that way. I mean, there's a lot of options for people. I do think that this is going to be the first game. Because what Xbox's vision for video games and Sony's are two very different things. One of the reasons why Starfield is being heavily criticized in the game space is because the technical limitations on the Xbox is a lot lower than the PC and the Sony 5. 
they're running their games at at least sixty frames per second, and that's like a really big issue in among younger games. Was like Sony running theirs at like one twenty. Sony runs mostly at sixty. Xbox is run at thirty frames per second. So PC runs at usually sixty. Sixty is like right now with industry standard. I thought they. I thought PC was higher. It could be higher, depending on how. Good I, your I thought PC, PC is. was like one twenty. Yeah, they can. It can get really high. But Bethesda, Bethesda is not a performance game studio. Bethesda is a an immersive immersion and scale game studio. Like Sky before Skyrim, video games weren't that large. They were some games were, but like the amount of stuff that packed into Skyrim cha- changed the way games were made going forward. And when you look at like games that have come out recently, like the Breath of the Wild and the sequel, Tears of the Kingdom, like the standard now is to have these giant immersive worlds. So what Starfield is trying to do is to get away from the world and now give you a universe. Like, okay, you have this open world here, but it's literally a world because you have all these other worlds. Yeah, they like go to these are all also worlds. open worlds. So like, and that's just in this galaxy. Travel to this galaxy. Like, is that going to be the new state? Like, is games in the next ten years? Like, if you didn't have at least five open worlds to go play in, like, is that even a game? Like, I don't know. At some point, when is it too stressful? Is it too much? I don't know. Well, you like, can't, not every game can be made for twenty five years and take like, eight years to come out. I get stressed playing Red Dead Redemption, and I'm like, oh, there's too much to do. But that's kind of the, my favorite thing about. The Bethesda games, and even Red Dead 2, but mostly Bethesda games, is like... Bethesda games. They put you in the universe, and they give you the... And they say, all you do is follow these quests, and you can do that, and you can knock out the story, and you can beat the game. But they also say, but we really don't care what you do, in what order you do it, or if you do any of it all. Just spend your time here. And like Just that's kind of cool. Like That's like, one of my favorite things about the Sony's hardware right now is pushing its games to a better performance place like sony players are kind of shit talking starfield for only running at 30 frames per second but like from where i sit like that's a crazy thing because i don't even really notice the difference between 30 hey, and 60 you know, this might not be something you even care about but a lot of people nowadays that's like a big deal breaker the Xbox version vision for video games of the future isn't really about like are performance, you going to be streaming it's about the game and it's about accessibility like what they really want to do in the future is like everyone your xbox is just your vehicle to all the all games. the games and like they would love for you to just buy their game pass and be able to play all the games on the cloud and eventually like, you won't even need an xbox two very different ideas of what gaming should be but but what, that, what microsoft did was they bought bethesda in 2019 and they essentially said to bethesda don't rush this game out Take your time with it and make it perfect. And the hope is that it comes out and it is. And if it's and if it's anything, if it's half the quality of a game as, Sky, as Skyrim was in 2011, if the 12 years since they've put that game out, they've learned anything and they were able to like just capture a fragment of that lightning in a jar with the scale of this game and the ambition behind it and the care that's gone into it, it just feels like... What if it's better? Oh, man. I don't even... I Like, it's hard to even comprehend it. But I, I'm telling you, man, I've been waiting for this game since I... Like, I remember a day in, like, 2015 when I was in my apartment in Connecticut playing Fallout for one of the first times. Like, I had just bought my PlayStation 5 to play Fallout on. PlayStation, PlayStation 4. Or whatever the three, last one. probably. No, it was a 4. PS4 is what I have. And then I have the Xbox one. Anyway. For the first time playing that game, and I was thinking, man, 
They're working on that Starfield game. If it comes out and it's, I know we're going to be in the future of gaming. And like it's it was here, and like I've lived to see the it. Future and, of gaming, and like that's how I felt about going to see the last Avengers movie. I was like, man, I remember watching Ant Man, <laughs> or not Ant Man. I remember watching Iron the original Man. Iron Man in that first cutscene. You go, one day that's th- th- this whole world they're gonna make. And, they and then you got it. there, and you're like, this wasn't that good. Well, that's what I'm, that's what Skyrim is. Good. Is it? Will it be, have been worth all these be like, years? Eh. I don't know. Yeah, we but were, I'll be there playing. We it. already had it, and I'll probably have the collector's edition watch. I haven't decided yet. The watch is cool because I watched the end of the video where they talk it's about the really watch. It's not really about the watch, but it's also cool. the watch is pretty cool. The watch is cool. Like the pre-order, they could have said like, "Here's a." I don't buy collector's editions for games very often, but for this specific game, they could have been like, "The collector's edition is literally Todd Howard's shit in this box, and it'll come to your doorstep and three days after." And great. I'd probably be like. It's the collector's edition for Starfield, though. But it is a watch and a briefcase that are pretty cool. So. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, you'll know where I'll be. September, whatever the fuck. Five days early, because I'll have the pre-order. Yeah. When does it exactly come out? When's... I think it's, what, the, the... Is it September 8th or something? 3rd? 13th? <clears throat> September 6th. Nice. It's not even late. In this, it's like still summer. What made Redfall so bad? Dude, Redfall had a million problems. What was it supposed to be? It's like a co-op shooter, but essentially they didn't finish it, and like the enemies don't attack you. And the... So that seems to be the problem with like any game that fails. It's not like the game isn't good. It's like... Well, the game is also not good. It's like, well, none of these things are right. And it's unfinished. Why? Why is it video games are always coming out unfinished? I think video game developers, like the the money behind video they games... They bite off more than they can chew and then the money's not there to... They treat video games like... They want video games to be on a schedule like other entertainment forms. Like TV. Like a movie. Like movies. We, were, we, shoot for, we shoot for three months. We edit for six months. We go into final... Final production, and, and then, then it's out then at it's this out. time. And there's not a lot of room in there for like more money or yeah. more time. Sometimes there is. Like games do get delayed, but most of the time, the limitations on actually making a video game demands so much more than can be achieved in that series. And it's, and it was, and really the problem is back in the olden days of video games, you could pump out a half decent game in a year. That was always like. At least possible. But as time's gone on and, co- and technology's gotten better, it's actually become harder to get good games out faster. The best games take 25 years because in order to make them really, really good, you have to spend a lot of time putting all these details it's into the, the game. Detail. You don't want some half-baked shit out. Yeah. Now, some games, like, for example, I don't want to... Fortnite is a good example Fortnite isn't a complicated game, but it's achieved its critical success in, and this is kind of where the philosophy's gone a lot too, what they think you can do is you can shit out a bad game, and then while it's out, and make it a good it. game. Yeah. So, just keep throwing more and more patches, <laughs> and, and, and eventually you have a game. Yeah. So, like, that's bad. I think that's hurt the game industry a lot, and that's so opposite of what Bethesda I almost think do. video games are like a, almost like a masquerade mask, where it's like, 
you have some that are like these really intricate hand created pieces and then the other is just like what's well, a shell and <laughs> here it is and like we can make it better we can add stuff to it we can add some gold outline but right now it's kind of just what it is yeah yeah but yeah dude you should totally get an Xbox and we'll play Starfield Look, Starfield looks like it's gonna be awesome with friends too like the idea that you're gonna be in space and like space pirating and you can have a fleet of ships together. I just think the world looks so good. It looks great. All the different, like, wildlife. And people keep saying things like, it's No Man's Sky, but, like, No Man's it's Sky. Not. I played No Man's Sky. That game sucks. As someone who doesn't like video games. No Man's Sky that. has its things going for it, but, like, it's not... It's not like being like No Man's Sky is a bad thing. Like, there's nothing really no, like No Man's that'd Sky. That would be a bad thing. Well, I mean, like, it's not bad that there's a thousand worlds no Man's that you can Sky, explore. Here's why No Man's Sky is bad. Love the idea of it. The idea is really cool. Like, can I have a cat or something? No, that ball just rolled on its own. It, like, oh. rolled this way, and then rolled right back to where it started. <laughs> like, all by itself. It's very strange. No Man's Sky is good, <laughs> in terms of, like, the idea. Well, what a cool idea. Where it was bad was that it's, like, no Man's Sky is just AI. Like, I don't really think they, they created all that much. They kind of just created all these combinations. They created and algorithms AI, that made all the other stuff. And it turns out that there wasn't nearly enough there because it just kept making the same thing over and over and over again differently. And so it's cool, but it's but, not that great. That's not what this is at all, though. It's it's similar, but like what they've done is just they've taken space, individual planets... They and built they created, it out, though. Yeah, they, they built did. everything out. But they did use, like, procedural generation as the big tool that essentially No Man's Sky was known for, was procedurally generating all these planets, meaning they gave a bunch of data into the algorithm, and the algorithm spit out a bunch of planets all over the place. They did something similar here with Fallout, I mean, oh, Jesus, with Starfield, but then they took all the stuff that came out and went into the individual planets and handcrafted everything on the individual, not everything on each individual planet, but everything that's on individual planets in relation to the story. And, and there's a story. Everything. That's the other part. Yeah, there's a big, and it's going to be a lot of story. So, like, in Bethesda games, you have your main quest, which is usually pretty large and voiced and very thorough. But then you have hundreds and hundreds of, of side quests and random said things that, that can also happen. in the video. Jesus Christ, the one guy who was like, what are, well, my hope is for this game is that you turn it on and you meet a funny little guy and you go on a journey with him and then you get back and you're like, oh wow, I just spent two hours doing something that has nothing to do with anything. 